Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. This is the first time I have been in a theater in maybe eight, nine years. So this is a little different for me, I must be honest. So, but it's great to be here. Can I walk around, this man with the cameraman? Or do I need to stay in a certain... So can I go to that end over there, is okay? Yeah, you can. Okay, no, I'm teasing, all right. <laughs> yeah, but it really is great to be here. And uh, I just appreciate James and Lee and the leadership just allowing me to come this morning and be part of what God is doing with you. And we do live in extraordinary times and different times and some would call difficult times. But you know, as well as I do, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. And He ain't changing either. So that's good news. It really is. And despite the circumstances that uh, we have to deal with, God is not inhibited by the circumstances we are. He is not. He's God. Please never forget that. Often when you read the Gospels, Jesus healed from a distance. 15 miles, 20 miles. He spoke the word and somebody 20 miles away was healed. So let's not contain God in some of the circumstances that want to contain us, if you understand what I'm saying. And uh, He's still Lord. He is and He always will be Lord. And this too will come to an end. This too will come to an end. It really will. So uh, just to encourage you, if you have a Bible, a physical Bible, please hold it up for me. Wonderful. For those of you who don't have a physical Bible yet, I want to encourage you. Don't just read the Word from your iPhone or your iPad or whatever. Get a hold of a physical Bible. And begin to read it from that. Because I, I find when you get an iPad or an iPhone, you restrict it to what you're reading. That's it. Whereas if you have a Bible, God can take you anywhere. Your eyes can be caught on just the verses below or above or whatever the case is. And so I want to encourage you. Also, I find that I can underline in here and I can write in here. And I can make little notes in here. Which is very difficult to do on an iPad or an iPhone or whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm IT challenged. Let me just tell you that from the beginning. So, <laughs> But I do want to encourage you, get hold of a physical Bible and read a physical Bible from time to time. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to have a look. And if you have a Bible, please turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. What I want to talk about this morning is continuing to cultivate a heart after God. Or creating an atmosphere inside you that is attractive to the presence of God continually to work within you. Something of that nature. Because I find in the time that we live with what's coming at us, many things are knocking on the door of our hearts and want to grab the attention of our hearts. Many things. Fear. Let me just say something about fear, people. Do not let fear dictate your life. I'll say that again. Do not let fear make the decisions for you. Don't, I understand there's a lot of it out there, but don't live from a base of fear. I'm encouraging you. It's the number one thing that Jesus said. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So don't let fear knock on the door of your heart. And it wants to gain entrance and take a place in your heart. 
we need to keep our hearts open. So Proverbs 4, verse 23 says this, Above all else, above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Above all else, guard your heart. And so I find in my own life, I have to cooperate with God for that to be able to take place. It's not me doing it, it's me cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk about some things that will help that, help that happen as we position ourselves or create an atmosphere in our heart to cultivate a heart after God. And the first one is gratitude. Thanks. Celebrate what God has done and is doing and know he is faithful to do the rest. I'll say that again. Celebrate what God has done, is doing, and know he is faithful to do the rest. In Philippians 1.6, Paul says, I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. I'm confident. There's an assuredness. There's a deep knowing that he who started a work in your heart will bring it to completion. So cultivate that. Be gratitude. Be thankful. And I find thankfulness is what we feed off. It is what God has done and what God is doing. Don't feed off what God hasn't done yet. Don't go there. Why haven't you done this or why haven't you done that? Please don't go there because I find when you go there, it creates something inside me and in you that an offense can take place. Hello, you with me? Just celebrate who he is and what he's already done and what he's currently doing. Don't go to the place of what he hasn't done yet. He's faithful. He's truly faithful. And I find when I have a heart of gratitude, it facilitates worship in me. And when it facilitates worship in me, my heart stays pliable. It stays soft. Because then God can work with a pliable heart. Jesus told the parable of the seed of the sower that went out and sowed seed and said some fell on the path. That's when our heart begins to get all hard and the devil comes and pitches it, pinches the seed away. Some of the seed fell amongst the, the rocks and the thorns and it says the worries of this life choke it and rob us of the fruitfulness of it. And then, but the seed fell on good soil. That's a pliable heart, a soft heart, a gentle heart in God and it becomes pliable in his hands. The Bible says David was a man after my own heart. Why? Because he kept his heart pliable before me. You'll do whatever I ask him to do. And yet David messed up many times. We know that. But his heart was soft. He had a heart after God, despite some of his failings and circumstances. That's what God's after. A heart that he can... He is the potter. We are the clay. And so we want a heart to remain gentle and pliable in his hands. So I encourage you, Cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Cultivate an attitude of gratitude. The next one is renew your mind. A renewed mind is an instrument of the Holy Spirit. An unrenewed mind gets in the way of what God does. And I find when I renew my mind, and the word renews my mind, that's the only thing that renews my mind. Paul says in Romans 12, Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
which is holy and pleasing. And then it says, do not be conformed anymore to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you got saved, when I got saved, you didn't get a new mind. Hello? You got a new spirit. Become born again. Hallelujah. But you didn't get a new mind. And your mind still wants to think like you used to before you got saved. And it wants to bring a stumbling block in the way. That's why Paul says, renew your mind. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, he says, be, uh, let the attitude of your mind be renewed. It's very key. A renewed mind is, it keeps my heart pliable. The word as it gets grafted in me and renews my mind, I find it adjusts my attitude. It adjusts my ways of thinking. That's what it does. And it keeps my heart pliable before him. So I'm encouraging you. It's a big thing. There's a story about, sorry, when I talk too much, my nose begins to run. Forgive me for that, but I don't know how else to say it. So um, um, there's a story about, you know, when King David came on the scene and him and King Saul went out and fought the enemy and they came back and it says all the people were cheering and clapping and going crazy. And they said, Saul has slain the thousands, but David is tens of thousands. You go read in 1 Samuel 18. The very next verse, it says this. This refrain galled King Saul. And he thought, he thought, that's the next word it says, he thought David is off to his throne. And that thought sowed a whole pile of stuff into his life where now he wanted to kill David, then he wanted to kill his own son, then he wanted to kill his family because he thought. Bible says in Hebrews 12, sorry, 11, the people that came out of Egypt and were going into the promised land, if they had opportunity to think from where they came, they would have had opportunity to go back. Think from where they came. They would have had opportunity to go back. Folk, I encourage you. Get your mind renewed. It will keep your heart pliable. And this is the only thing, you've heard me say it, that will renew your mind. You know, when the whole pandemic hit, like everybody else, I watched the news, I watched what was going on, and I found over a, over a while, I became angry inside. I became upset inside. And I found my attitude wasn't great. And my wife would say, why do you watch the news all the time? And so what I made, decided to do is I switched it off. It was about a year and a half ago. And the impact that it was having on me went away. And I decided to rather focus on what God is doing and who he is and not what everybody else is saying. Be careful or be, what's the word I'm looking for? Be respectful of what we need to do. Like James said, it's out of his hands and what needs to happen here. They're doing all they can to facilitate that these people can meet together. But he has to work with the restrictions on him. But don't let that get to you. That's what I'm saying. Amen. Be careful. Be wise. But don't live by what other people are saying. Live by what God is saying. Renew your mind. It will keep your heart pliable.
I encourage you to keep your heart pliable. All right. I hope this is helpful. Next one. <clears throat> Continue to declare the revelation he has given you. Continue to declare it. I'm going to read a piece of scripture. It's out of 2 Corinthians 4. If you've got a Bible, you can go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 7. It says this. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from ourselves. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, persecuted or perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in your body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So Paul is saying through the tough times that he went, on his travels and all that happened to him, it served for him to continue to lay his life down to the Lord so his life could be manifested in his body so others could be blessed by it. Then it goes on. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. And with that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. So no matter what he went through, he continued to declare that which God had revealed to him. That which was true to his heart. Whatever is true to your heart, whatever revelation he's given you, whatever he's shown you, whatever prophetic word has gripped your heart, continue to declare that. Don't put it down. I'm encouraging you. Continue to declare it daily if you can. Continue to say what he has told you. It keeps my heart pliable before him. It keeps my heart soft before him. Life happens. Comes. Tough times come. They really do. But don't allow the hardships, the unanswered questions, and things we can't understand to cancel the revelation that God has given you. I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for that and His goodness and His grace. Don't allow the devil to cancel what God has told you. God's word is not chained. Remember that. COVID doesn't chain God's word. COVID restrictions don't chain God's word. God's word is not chained. Because God's word is not from this heavenly, I mean this earthly place, it's from heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. And you've heard me say, so if you get that, if you take this and you go yum, 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 and get it in you, then it's wonderful news. Then we feel unchained as well. Despite the circumstances we have to live with. Next one. Continue to feed yourself on the incredible things God is doing, has done through ordinary men and women. Feed yourself. The Bible is full of ordinary men and women, how God used them. Ordinary men and women. Some with some serious things they had to work through and help God, get God's help to work through. 
Um, I have a book in my bag over there. It's called The Apostle of Faith by a man called Smith Wigglesworth. He didn't write it. Somebody else wrote about him. And I read that book often. When I first got saved, I got hold of it. Somebody gave it to me or bought it for me. It stirs me to the core how this man, uneducated, who could not read or write until the late 40s, when he was 44, 45, how God took this uneducated man and the way God used him. Read stories about that. Get hold of testimony books like that. It stirs you inside. It puts a hunger in you. How God can take ordinary men and women who avail their lives to him and he will use it. Continue to feed yourself on that stuff. I encourage you. Feed yourself on that stuff. The simple Amy McPherson's, the Maria Woodward Etters, the Catherine Coleman's, as I said, the, the John G. Lakes, the, the um, Smith Wigglesworths, the, there's a whole pile of them. A.A. A. Allen, Jack Coe. You go read their stories, and you'll see they were ordinary men and women, just like you and I. Stir yourself with that. It keeps your heart hungry and pliable. What I find when I read those books, it takes the ceiling that I put on myself. It takes the ceiling off. It takes the ceiling off what God can do. It takes the ceiling off. That's what it does. All things are possible for those who believe. Amen. Read Hebrews 11 as often as you can. I encourage you. James, what is the time? I'm sorry. I'm just conscious of time. Praise the living Lord. Okay. <laughs> Number five, we've got another 15 minutes. You've got 15 minutes of me. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> Next one, be faithful with what you have received. Be faithful with what you have received. 2 Timothy 1, 13 and 14 says this, God, the good deposit that was entrusted to you. God, the good deposit. That word God means nurture it. Watch over it. Keep it with care and interest and guard it. Be intentional about God in it. Whatever he's given you, whatever he's sown into you, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Then it goes on to say, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? What that means is in 1 John, you don't go and read it, and you can read it in 1 John chapter 2, it talks about the anointing. And it says the anointing teaches us. And that word teach is a word, a Greek word called didisco, which literally means to learn, to teach, to instruct. It's a pupil-disciple relationship. One teaches, the other learns by assimilating as part of himself. But the main aim when teaching comes is to shape the will of the pupil. So it's the Holy Spirit who teaches us. It's the Holy Spirit who makes the truths of God real to us, the revelation of Jesus real to us. And as we allow him to teach us, that's what it is. He comes and he teaches us, and he will begin to shape us. And I find that if I don't guard what he's given me already, then when he comes again to teach me things, what has happened is my heart has started to get a little crusty. It's not as pliable, so that I miss what he wants to do. Because my heart has got a little crusty, it's got a little hard. Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, we've all been through it. 
because I'm not God in what he's already given me. And it's not me doing it. It's with the help of the Holy Spirit. It's with the help of the anointing. So what I'm speaking today, for these people sitting or somebody sitting in front, this word or this sentence or this phrase or this scripture will catch somebody's attention. But another phrase will catch somebody else's attention. Whatever captures your attention by what I say, not because I'm a great orator, it's because the Holy Spirit has blown something on that. Take hold of it. When you leave here today, go, write it down. Go over it again, because the Holy Spirit is revealing something to you. Hallelujah. You with me? He graciously is giving us. He's bringing revelation to my heart. And my heart is remaining pliable in his hands. He's the potter, I am the clay. Not the other way around. So I encourage you, guard the good deposit with what is given to you. And the second part of guarding it is tell others about it. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, whatever you've learned from me, go teach other faithful men. People that are willing to hear. If they're not willing to hear, then don't worry about it. Go tell them. Go tell your husband. Go tell your wife. And if your husband or wife comes to tell you and they're excited, please show a little bit of excitement back. You know what I mean. I know Michelle, when she, God speaks to her something, she's so excited. She comes, you know, can you one believe what happens? And I just say, oh. Instead of sitting with her, encouraging her, who knows I'm doing, you're with me and encouraging her. And say, that's wonderful. That's amazing. And then she begins to teach me. Hello. God can use anybody. It's wonderful. I encourage you. All right. And then the last one is remain hungry. Remain hungry. Hunger will keep your heart very pliable. The same in the natural. When you're hungry, what do you do? You go straight to the fridge and you look in the fridge for something to eat. Remain hungry. And I find two big things will keep you hungry. Desperation and an appetite. And how do you cultivate an appetite? When you've tasted something that's good, you create an appetite for it. When you've tasted the goodness of God, it'll create an appetite in you for more of God. That's what happens. So, remain hungry. Get desperate if you need to. Jesus told a parable in Luke 11. It's about prayer because he was praying and the disciples saw him praying. It's amazing how they saw Jesus do things and as a result they came and asked him, teach us how to do that. So he always led by example. He said, okay, you want to know? Let me teach you. And he says, say this prayer, and he teaches what we call the Lord's Prayer. Then he tells a parable straight after that. And in the parable, he says this, and it's part of what he's teaching. He says, a man came, it's like me coming to James's house, knocking on his door, because um, I had a shish come to my house. The shish came to my house and said, Ken, Please, I've got nothing to eat. I've got nothing to feed my family. Can you help me? And I can't help him because I'm, whoa, I don't know. I can't give up. I don't have what you need. So I run to James's house and I'm knocking his house. James, 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 James. I need you to give me something that I can give a shish. You go read the parable. Then Jesus said this. So I say to you, if you ask, you will receive. Knock and you will find. And the door will be opened. 
If you, a heavenly father, know how to give good gifts to your own children, how much more will the heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? That's the whole parable. So it's people that come to you and I, and they need help, and I don't know how to help them. I don't know what to give what they need. So what do I do? I run to the Lord. God, help me. So I can help this person. God, do a work in me that you need to do so I can give life to this person. That's the parable. That causes you desperation. <sighs> when people come to you and they desperately need healing, they desperately need freedom. And all you can do is get on your knees and say, God, help me to help this person. That creates a hunger and desperation in you. Remain hungry. Remain hungry, I encourage you. So I trust that these things, these things I found in my own life, kept my heart pliable, kept my heart soft in the hands of the Lord. So that as we go through what we go through with all that's happening in the world today and the restrictions that have been put in us, don't allow that to harden your heart. Keep your heart soft. Because this too will end. And then when it's ended, if we haven't kept our heart soft, then we become a little crusty inside. And when we got offended because of what happened, and we think it's gone, it's not gone, it's still there. And then it takes us a whole season to get where we need to get when things begin to open up and God wants to begin to do things. Let's stay ready. Let's stay updated with Him. Let's stay pliable, pliable in His hands. He's the potter and we are the clay. And He's not confounded. He's not confused. He's not restricted by what's happening in the world. His, world is not, his word is not chained. His Holy Spirit is still working. It is not chained. His presence is still with us. Wherever you go, His presence goes with you. Never forget these things. I encourage you. Amen. Bless you. James.